be anywhere listening to anything, but you're here with us, the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. Today's message is meant to inspire and encourage you. If you have questions about the message or God or faith in general, you can reach out to us at connect at perryhall.life. Thanks again. So the topic again today is just obey. That's all, just obey. That's all we got to do with with our relationship with God. And I want to start out with some questions. And here's the questions. Does God need your money? That's starting it over here already. (laughs) Is it your money to begin with? Nice interaction we got going on here. Is money your master or your servant? Servant. How much money is too much? When you stop... (laughs) When you stop trusting God. When you stop putting your trust in God. Many people will say this, and I've heard it personally. I'm good. I really don't need any more money. You know, I'm content. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with my life. Let me say something here. And I'm going to be bold in this sermon, okay? So I'm not, I'm not um, apologetic or anything like that at this point. Maybe later I will be. <laughs> but if you feel like you're content with your money, I'm going to say you're selfish. You're selfish. And you're going to see what I mean as we unroll this thing here. So does God need our money? Okay, the answer really is just no. We, I think we all know that. So the next question is then, why does God require it from us? Yeah, that's right, require it. Why does he require it from us? Now, let me say something here. This is not about salvation. This is not, if you don't give, if you don't tithe, it doesn't mean you're not saved anymore. It's about obedience. And I'll say it again, just obey, just obey. We're going to hear scriptures here and we're going to learn some things, I believe. And many of you have heard this before. But what is, what is tithing? What is the tithe? Let's kind of backtrack a little bit. A tithe is a tenth part. It's just a tenth of something. If you got 10 apples, one of them is a, t- is a tenth. If you got $100, $10 is a tenth. If you got $1,000, $100 makes the tenth. So you'll learn all this stuff in foundations class that Jim and Mary will be teaching, but you'll learn it um, in a deeper level. But here's my point. Let's see what the scripture says before you get squirming too much. Let's see what the Holy Bible says. And we go back really to the Old Testament. We start out there and we see that we, we hear this word, the storehouse. That's today's the church. That's what that means. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there's much more that's required from us than a tenth of our gross income, okay? Uh, Let me get started here. Lise, would you lock them doors back there? (laughs) Okay, so everybody, if you're a Christian for a while, you know where I'm going with this part here in Malachi, okay? Chapter three, verses six through 11. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Now, let me just kind of break this apart a little bit. Thank the Lord. He doesn't change in this area. He wants the best for us. You know, if he would have changed, and he's talking to the 
the Hebrews at this point. If he would have changed, he would have destroyed all these people. He's given them all a chance here. We see in scripture, Jesus, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants the best for us. That's why he's not changing. And he's trying to teach us, this is the best for you. So listen up and obey. Then we get into verse seven. Yet from the days of our fathers, you have gone away from my ordinance. This is a, this is a going back and forth with God and, and these people. And have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Now, just at that one point there, they're trying to say, we're okay, aren't we? What do you mean we got to return? We've been doing things the right way. They know they're, doing, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They know it, but they're coming up with excuses. Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. In what way have you robbed God? Note something here. They're acting innocent again. In what way have we robbed you, God? I don't understand. They understood. Note, tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. A tithe is not 9%. It's not 8%. It's not cutting the grass of the church and, and thinking that's your tithe. That's not it. A tithe is 10% of your income. 10% of your income. There are many Christians to this very day who've been Christian for 10, 15 years. Don't get this concept. It says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Man, God is pronouncing a curse. A curse is the opposite of a blessing. But he's saying something here. You have robbed me. Can you imagine if God came to you and said, you know what, you're robbing me. You've been robbing me here this whole time. How would, how would you feel? But God, I'm giving you, know, I'm giving a good bit. Just keep listening. Verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. I want to ask you something. I want to stop for a minute. Understand as we're going through here, the analogies that God is using. Like we talked about this last week, how God uses a lot of like agricultural things and, and parables and things like that. So you're, you're going to see things that I'm probably not going to even bring up because there's so much here. So he says uh, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. The storehouse, it's where people go and get fed, spiritually fed. That's the church nowadays. Many people misunderstand this topic, or I should say they choose to misunderstand it. The church, your church, is where you get fed. Wherever you're going, whatever you consider your home church, where you're getting spiritually fed, that's where you give the tithe. Many people will give to other ministries, TV ministries, whatever, and they're all great. But that's offerings. That's not tithes. 
So as your pastor, I want to teach you the right thing here. I think a lot of people know it. See, the church, the way God has designed it, the assembling together is where we get fed. It's where we get counseling. It's where we have baptisms, dedications, marriages, funerals. We grow. The church is equipping us and encouraging us. The church is praying for us. That's why this is the, the, uh, the storehouse. There's a reason why God created the church. Now, we look at church a lot of times. We say, well, it's all the Christians. And yeah, it is. But it's also assembling, coming together. So offerings would go to ministries, TV preachers, whoever it may be, as well as the needy, the homeless, the, the people that need something, you know, uh, financial help. That's all great. That is offerings. And I will rebuke the devourer, verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You get that verse? Amen. Are you getting that verse there? That's a big verse there. Many people struggle financially. They're not tithing. They're not giving. And they wonder why they're struggling in their finances. But God says he's got your back when you do. Some, some people may say, well, that's in the law, Moses' law. And that's the Old Testament. And that's absolutely right, without a doubt. But it took place before Moses. And it took place after Moses. But before Moses, we see where Abram gave, and he gave him a tenth of all to Melchizedek. So we start seeing a pattern taking place here. We start seeing something that's, that God is putting into play. We see tithing is a biblical principle and not just part of the law. So here's the question. Did Jesus banish tithing? In the New Testament, we're living in the New Testament now. Is that banished? Well, we see here in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He's calling the religious people, okay, these are religious people here. He's calling them hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So he's getting on the, these hypocrites for, for forgetting about justice and mercy and faith. Oh, they tithe because they're religious but they're missing out on it. But look at this. Jesus calls them hypocrites. A hypocrite is an actor. It's a two-faced person, someone who says one thing, but does another. And then it says, you should do this without leaving the others undone. So we see it very clear in scripture. Now, let's continue to keep going here because we're, we're kind of going deeper here. So what happens if we disobey? 
Do we get that curse? Well, in Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. Jesus took the curse from us, from the Old Testament. Man, what a blessing that is, that we're not getting the, um, the consequences of all our sins as it was in the Old Testament. Jesus took it on the cross. He took the curse on the cross. Now, does that mean we don't tithe anymore because that's Old Testament? Well, let me tell you something else is from Old Testament and we don't do. Thou shalt not murder. That's the law. Do we, is it okay to murder now? No, it's not okay to murder now. Yeah, that's, that's, God tells us it's wrong. A bunch of other commandments that we still abide by. So thank God if someone doesn't tithe, they don't receive the curse, the punishment. But here's the thing. They also don't get the blessing. They don't get the blessings either. And not only that, it's in disobedience. So we see it plain as day. God wants us to tithe and God wants us to give offerings. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. Many people are just outright disobedient. Christians who have been Christians for a long time, they've heard this message over and over again, but they're, they're not doing it. Shame on them. Many people choose not to see it. They choose not to see it. They try to explain it away. They try to be like the Pharisees. Many people are just outright disobedient. They're disobedient. Many people are just bad stewards of their finances. This is, why, this is why they're always broke. This is why they struggle in their financial area. God still loves you. You're not, you know, you're not going to hell because you're not tithing, but you're missing the blessings that God has for you. If you're a good steward of your money, you would have money. It's that simple. Many people sin for the lack of faith not trusting God. Oh, I can't, I can't give this. I, I don't have, it's not going to happen. In Romans 14, it says, for whatever is not from faith is sin. So if you can't believe that God's going to take care of you, you're in sin. And sin, we're missing the mark. As your pastor, I'm saying, don't sin. <laughs> don't sin. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. I'm going to share a story, a personal story here about some of our finances, Lisa and I. Several months ago, I follow a guy online, okay, good preacher, solid preacher, listening to him, been learning a lot from him. One evening, I'm sitting on the couch, listening to him, and I told, I said, Lisa, talk to him. Lisa, I said, honey, the Lord just told me to give this guy money. And, and it was a lot of money. And you know what she said? She says, okay, give it. And I'm thinking, come on, Lise, help me out here. You know, I'm hoping I heard something wrong here. So it was that simple. She said, okay, give it. And it was, it was, it was a few thousand dollars. It wasn't, it wasn't a little stuff here. So I'm going to, to my shame, I guess you can say, I kept, I kept on his uh, website going through everything. Some things were just bothering me. And it wasn't anything that was wrong in his theology or in his teaching. It wasn't anything like that whatsoever it was wrong. It was just some things that, that um, he was planning for because his ministry is growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he needs certain things. And I'm saying, man, I don't know. This just doesn't feel right. 
It was two weeks before I said, okay, we're going to give this guy the money. And I want to tell you something. I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. It was the most quietest spiritual time that I had in my whole life. I didn't hear God for like two, two weeks. I, that's the honest truth. It, I was like in a desert. I wasn't understanding what was taking place here. And it took me two weeks. And then I said, okay, let's do it. So we gave the guy the money. Then all of a sudden I'm starting to hear more. And it's kind of like this. And, and Luke 6, 46 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? These things started hitting me here. Here I'm a pastor. I should know I preach giving and everything else. And it's important that we give. It's important for our finances that we give. But then I say, why would God talk to me if I'm not listening to him? Just think about that for a minute. If God, if God tells us something and we don't do it, why should God continue to talk to us anymore? It just doesn't make sense. If he talks to us, he's going to say, wake up, Dom. I told you two weeks ago to give this guy this, this money. But if you're not going to listen to me, you're not going to hear from me. That's from the book of Dom there. <laughs> That's a good book. Disobedience will block us from hearing from God. Disobedience will block us from hearing from God. But here's the, here's the thing with giving. There's, a, there's the, the right motive behind our gifts. And it's important that we understand this. You don't give because you feel like you're being pressured. I hope when you, you understand this, you give because you feel like it's right and you want to do it. Because in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says this, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, it's not, it's not about what you're giving, how much you give, all this kind of stuff. It's really what your heart is saying. What your heart is saying about it. You got to hold a hard heart. You're, you're, you're going to start thinking of all the different ways how this message is, is wrong and everything else. But God wants us to be cheerful givers. Continuing on the giving part, in Matthew 6, 2, it says this. And when you give to the needy, there's a lot more to it. But the point is, is when you give. Remember the past couple of weeks, we were talking about when you pray. There's a right way and there's a wrong way to pray, right? Remember that? Then we recently did when you fast. There's a right way to fast and there's a wrong way to fast. And in that same chapter, it says when you give. It doesn't say if you give. God, there's an expectation from God, from us. To be givers. How does God bless us? How does he bless us? I mean, we can be here for hours talking about our blessings. Depend what kind of person you are, or you'll talk more about your problems. Deuteronomy 8.18 says it this way. And you shall remember that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. It's he who does it. Not you, it's him. Throughout the Bible, we see that God's desire for his children is to bless them. Poverty is not from God. Poverty is part of the curse. Many people are living in the curse because they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you haven't done that, you're Old Testament person. So you're living in the curse. Blessings come from God. Honestly, as a father, 
I want to bless my kids. Super abundant. We always did. That's just what you want to do. You want to bless your kids, right? I hope. You don't want to wait until you leave them as an inheritance. So God the Father is the same way. And I say this, parents, teach your kids how to tithe. Teach them how to give. Teach them at an early age, as small as, as if they can walk up, give, if they don't have money, give them something to put into it. Our children's Sunday school downstairs, we, we have a box down there, and we emptied it out the other day. It was a lot of, lot of cash in there, a lot of cash from, from little guys. If you're not teaching your kids how to tithe, don't expect them to tithe when they get older. Why? Because you don't tithe. So why should, why should they tithe? It's like we talked about a while ago. You don't go to church, so why should your kids go to church? You have a little bit of uh, mouth, vulgar maybe, I want to say. What do you expect your kids to be better than you? No, they're going to just follow what you do. So teach them how to give. I want to talk about this word here that's so out of balance, in my, in my opinion, is the word prosperity. Because you got a lot of prosperity teachers out there saying, you know, do this and you'll get that. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Let me tell you what prosperity is. Because most of us, in one way or another, we're trying to seek for prosperity. We're wanting more. We want more. And don't lie to me that, you know, I'm content. <laughs> you want more. But prosperity comes from seeking God. It really comes from seeking God. Now, again, are you looking at the money thing? Or are you looking at the spiritual thing and God's taking care of you? Prosperity isn't how much you have. It's how much you give. We can look at prosperity and we can say, it's about money. I want more money. I want more money, you know. And, you know, do this and, you know. I don't make fun of anybody. God will get you money if he can get money through you. You catch that? If you're, not, if you're not a giver, be careful of expecting God to give to you in prayer. God, I need money. I need this. I need the financial. God wants to bless you, but there's principles that takes place here. It's kind of like the, the, the garden hose. You got, the, you got the end on it where you squeeze it and you, and you squirt everything out. And it's, water's flowing really good. You let go of that knob. Let me tell you something. That handle, it stops. There's no more water going to that, to that handle anymore. Why? Because you shut it off. But when you squeeze it again, the flow begins. The flow begins. And this is, this is the way God's economy work, works. Money isn't a bad thing. It's just how we get it or how we use it, what we do with it. It's not a sin to have money. It's a sin when money has us. It's a sin not to give it. Many people in the Bible were very wealthy. Money is a tool to get the work done in the kingdom. Remember, God uses us. He uses people to get his work done. So you're either, you're either a, a worker or you're a, a taker. Let me... Um, let me just start winding down here. And I want to break down this 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. And again, look at these verses. Okay, just look. There's so much in it here. Verse 6, we're going to start. But I say, 
He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Understand the principle that's taken place here, using kind of an agricultural thing here. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is a principle in the word of God. This is a principle that's taken place here. I don't know if anybody's denying it. So let, verse seven, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudging or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, how you give is a result of your heart. How you give, why you give, it's a result of what's inside of you. How you give reflects what's inside of you. Verse seven, so let each one, did I know verse eight, I'm sorry. Now here's the faith thing. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Do you, believe, do you believe that verse? I mean, do you really believe that verse? Because if you don't believe it, then you're saying God is not going to supply you. It's telling you you're going to be scared <laughs> because God has made, has made all grace abound that you sometimes have all sufficiency. Now, it doesn't say sometimes. It says all the time, all the time. So sometimes we don't give because of faith. I can't give this much. Are you kidding me? How can I give a hundred hours a week for tithing? Second Corinthians nine, verse 10 says this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supplies and multiplies the seed you have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. He supplies us the seed when we're the sower, when we're the sower. He's the one who multiplies the seed. He's the one that brings increase. But if you're not sowing seed, you're, you're, you're not getting any more seed. <laughs> you're not getting anything. God is saying, look, I'm the one that supplies it. Don't think you're the one that does it. I'm the one that supplies it. All you gotta do is sow it, water it, grow it, give it. I'm not saying give everything away. I'm not, that's not the message if that's what you're thinking. And the church is doing great. The church is financially strong as strong can get. We have our uh, business meeting two Sundays from now. And I think for the most part, you will be amazed how the church is being so financially blessed. It's incredible. But this church is a big giver. This church tithes. This church gives the ministries all over the world. And uh, we, we give out benevolence and everything else. That's the key to financial set success, if you haven't figured it out. Because God supplies the seed to the sower. If, I'm not, if we're not sowing, well, I don't expect God to give us a seed. Luke 6, and I'm winding down here. I know I said that a few times. But let me keep going here, because these are really big here. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. There's a major point to saying right here. 
and it's in the very first word of this verse. Give, and it'll be given back to you. It's not Nothing's coming to you until you work this, this process that God has in giving. Don't expect God's blessing if you're not giving it. Because it says give, and he'll give back to you. Now, you look at this. You can use this for finances. You can use this for grief. You want to give grief? You're going to get it back. You know, anger, you know, whatever it may be, you're going to get it back. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. God is not, is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Don't be deceived. Are you deceiving God? Psalm verse, Psalm ver, uh, chapter 50, verse 10, sorry. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Haggai says it this way in, in chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Your money isn't your money. It's not your money. And you've been hearing me say your money, your money. It's not your money. Don't think that it's your money. That's the problem. It's God's money. The question is, are you being a good steward? Are you obeying God or you don't trust him to supply all your needs? Or maybe, just maybe, you're stewarding God's money poorly. I like to say you're stewarding it properly. But really, if you're not tithing, if you're not giving it, let me tell you, you're, you're stewarding God's money poorly. You're in disobedience. We can stand at this time here. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's all. God just wants us to obey. So I pray that this message would be really an encouraging message. Yes, you're supposed to tithe to the church. Yes, you're supposed to give offerings. Yes. Not no, not maybe. It's not open for discussion. It's not open to, well, this and that, and you know, this and that. You know, people will try to explain anything that they don't want to do away. But let me just encourage you. God loves you. He cares for you. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. That's what he wants. He doesn't need your money because, first of all, it's not your money. It's his money. How are you, how are you handling his money? Amen? Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, this was a heavy message to preach, heavy message to hear. But Lord, I pray that you stirred every one of us, every one of us up. Lord, we want to be in your will and not our will. We want to be conformed into your likeness, not you conformed into our likeness. Father, we love you and we thank you for protecting us and taking care of our finances as long as we do what you ask or what you may tell not if it's when so father i thank you for that lord i pray for everyone who's who was squirming here today lord just speak to them just speak to them father right now and let them see from the word of god let them meditate on it what they have heard 
Lord, I want the best for this church. I want the best for every person that's hearing my voice, that's in this building. I want the best for all of us, Father. But Lord, we need to be obedient. And I thank you for that opportunity to be obedient. So Lord, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your instructions in our lives. But most of all, we thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead for our sins. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That does it for this episode of the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. We're so glad you were here. And if you want to know more about our church, you can find us at perryhall.life. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, follow, wherever you're listening, whatever that looks like. We're glad to have you.